welcome to the Six Again podcast, your new destination for all things NRL. Here to bring you everything from team news to best bets are your hosts, Adam Hoy and Jared Mutton. Let's kick off. All right, round two wrap. We're as exhausted as everybody else. We're just going to yeah. pretend that we're not. <laughs> but it's been a been a weekend not really focused on the footy, but the changes to the football. Like the biggest thing has been the no crowds, which oh, I reckon's awesome. I didn't even notice. <laughs> No, I reckon it's been so much fun because you listen to so much happen on the field. Oh. The biggest thing I noticed was Melbourne talk more than anyone else in defence. Oh, yeah. I you could notice that. that it, it was ridiculous. Louder yeah. and it seems like everyone was talking. And you see teams like Gold Coast, you couldn't hear a thing out of them in defence towards the end. I don't blame them, but you didn't hear nothing at the yeah. end of it. So it just kind of shows how good Melbourne are by, because of that, because it was all throughout the game. Too. And that was different because um, against the Sharks, that was an arm wrestle the whole way through. It was intense. Yeah. And they would have yeah. been tied in a different way. Like, Titans would have been wrecked because we'll get to it later. They ended up with one player on their bench. It was 30-something degrees in the afternoon. They were getting flogged. That's one reason why your communication is going to get out the window. The other side of it is the Storm... Sharks game was so physical, so intense the whole way through that the players were wrecked yeah, by the end and you could see it. But they were still doing it. They were still it doing just, it. It was cool. I loved it. And it's, I think, like, with the the no crowds, it's... I don't know about everyone, but I've focused way more on the football. I've even tuned out the commentary. It's almost like the commentary's not there. And you're just listening yeah. to the impact, the intensity and the... I've forgotten. I think we get so used to just watching it as a product and not a sport sometimes that you forget how intense this game is and just yeah. hearing the contact, just the... It was awesome. The slap, like, you, you see all these simple runs that they do and you're like, oh, that's that's nothing kind of thing. Like, yeah, exactly. But they're still slapping every time. So you imagine what an actual big hit would be. Like some like imagine you know the Sunny Bill hits back in the day or the George Field, what they actually would have sounded like on the field. I reckon uh-huh. like when you watch league and and stuff for a while and you you're looking a lot of the time not at the ball but the players working off the ball and when a team gets yeah. a penalty and they kick it to within twenty meters out, you know the first three tackles aren't designed to score. They're setting up the back line. They're setting up a trick play. They're setting up something. And they're kind of the runs, after you watch footy enough, you just tune out and don't really pay attention to. But then hearing yeah. it, I was like, oh, yeah, shit. Each of those runs are yeah. still as intense as they need to be. Like, it's unfortunate that there's no crowds, but it brought another, I know, facet into the game. 100% that when crowds come back, they're going to have players mic'd up all game because that's way too good <laughs> to not have again. They were already talking about it, and I think this is just going to push it over the line, like, yeah, of course. If, like, you get, oh. if you can have an ice hockey player mic'd up all game, you can have a rugby league player mic'd up all game. <laughs> That's a fair point. That's, it, um, it'd be okay. brilliant. So where are we sticking on the coronavirus, the COVID-19 now, Adam? All right, so same as last week. We said it's going to be changing all the time. We're not going to be offering any medical advice or anything like that. 
we're just going to talk about it from an NRL point of view and we're going to start with a sports point of view. So big news out of the sport world in Australia, the AFL has suspended its season as of today. Um, and this comes down to Victoria basically shutting its interstate flight uh, boundaries and travel boundaries and the words that New South Wales is going to or has um, already followed suit. Um, so with regards to the AFL, so they've got teams in WA, South Australia, New South Wales, and Queensland, and they do some games in Tasmania throughout the year. It's just way too much of a strategic nightmare for them. Um, so they're shutting down, or postponing, sorry. With regards to the NRL, um, the plan is still to go ahead because the interstate travel is very limited outside of uh, the storm. And if you take uh, the Raiders into account as well. So I believe the big call's coming down tomorrow morning, but Peter Vlandy's pretty much is still stating that until the government steps in and shuts it down, the NRL's still going to truck on. A lot of that's because the NRL don't actually have the money to survive, to pay their wages. They'd say they've got three months of wages sitting there ready to pay. Um, so there's a potential that if it does shut down, that the NRL will probably survive, but there's certain teams who won't. I've actually read a thing tonight saying that um, if it comes back next year and there's a forced shutdown for a decent period of time, that they could actually lose up to six teams going to financial ruin. Wow, I didn't hear so, that. So... I was actually just on the Matty John show. So if, yeah, so if that comes out to it, um, I hope it doesn't. And in saying that too, I've actually, this has gone a lot harder and faster than I thought this would, like the COVID-19. This has gone a lot worse than I actually believed it would. So you just don't know what's going to happen now. And the scary thing is like, we're not even close to what this is actually going to get to. So, coming well, from a mate. The part of it is, like, we're, we're in the easy part. We're yeah. in the middle of, well, end of summer. Mm. We're coming into our winter. So, that's when most of the flu comes around for us. So, I don't know what's going to happen now. Yeah, I've just seen, like, in the UK, US, they're a couple of months ahead of us with regards to this. And a mate in the UK in the uh, hospital system over there said they're about to hit their peak, and it's pretty crazy over there. And he looks over here and says, oh, you guys are still in the sort of calm period, but you can tell like with a lot of our businesses and industries, it's definitely not calm at this stage. So it is, um, I think we're getting ahead of the game a lot more than Hopefully. Uh, some of the countries are. But again, I think the restrictions the NRL are putting in with regards to their players. So even when players are at home, they're self-isolated. Um, They've now been asked to refrain from using any social media, uh, uh, meeting oh, sites like Tinder or dating sites or anything like that, uh, not to go out of the house to get shopping or get other people to do that sort of stuff. Um, what else have they put in? Oh, the NRL said today that uh, they're already starting to plan uh fines, consequences, etc., for any players that are breaking self-isolation rules. So they're basically getting treated like they have the virus and they've got to self-isolate except for when they're 
training and, training and playing. So the conditions they're putting in place for the players are extreme, um, but that sort of stuff has to occur for the comp to keep going. Gary just had to duck out for something really quick, so I'm just going to carry on solo for a couple of minutes so the gun's back in. So we're mentioning the Warriors are into their second week of uh, their King's, uh, King's Cliff uh, stay. And some positive news actually coming out of the Warriors camp. They've had over 500 full memberships sold in the last 48 hours. Um, that's just from people based in Australia, just trying to help out and support their clubs. So that's amazing stuff to see. And also Adam Blair has come out and said on behalf of the Warriors, any one of their players is allowed to uh, fly home for family reasons before New Zealand's entire uh, borders are shut down as it looks like they're going to in the very near future. So if any players do want to get out and get back to their families beforehand, they've been given the blessing of not only just the team, but all the support staff uh, around. And he's also mentioned the younger guys are the ones who are handling this the best um, without their own families, I guess, to, to look after and be missing. So, uh, I know it's such a tough situation for these guys to be in, but he said it was their decision then. They chose to stay. They want to keep playing. They said the best way to pay back the people who bought those memberships and the best way to support their families is to get out and continue to play and hopefully get some wins. Um, hopefully not next week because they're versing Manly, but the week after that. They are actually playing quite well in patches and, and that's what he talked about. It's just the silly errors that uh, Steve Kearney's come out and said you can't blame that on where you're staying. They're just silly errors that guys at this level should not be making as consistently as they are at the moment. Uh, Peter Hicko is ready to return from New Zealand. However, the rest of the team are telling him to stay put and um, be with his wife and newborn son. So congratulations to Peter Hicko. And that's pretty much everything we're going to cover on coronavirus. Like I said, there's going to be the big announcement from the NRL tomorrow. Uh, the season's going to continue to go along as, as it is. And uh, I guess we'll get updated tomorrow. We'll have more news on that on our Thursday episode. Uh, thinking just back to uh, the no crowds thing, both Jared and I were watching the West Tigers uh, Knights game today. And it was also Manly vs. Roosters. That was at Leichhardt as well yesterday. And the guy who was building scaffolding behind his house just to get up and watch the game was brilliant. But I think my favourite was the single heckler that uh, got, oh, what's his name, got inside Kyle Flanagan's head maybe. And he hooked a conversion. And they were still trying to search who the heckler was considering there was no one else in the stadium. And I think it came out today as well that they'd sent a security guard up into the forest behind Leichhardt, if you, if you know that area, to try and suss out people that were trying to sneak up to the fence and watch the game for free. The guys on the scaffolding were as well, but I guess that's their property so they can do it. But love the fact that there was people trying to sneak up to the fence to get a, a free viewing of the footy. Um, and I guess another kind of random positive that has come out of it all as well is if you've been on social media the last day or so, you'll see that there is some um, uh, NRL's putting a bit of energy into Jared's back, if you can hear all that noise. Um, <laughs> Did you tell him? No, no. I said, like, when you walk back in, you created lots of noise. I just said you had to <laughs> pop out for a second. 
Um, <laughs> if you've been watching some of the social media, the NRL's done a bit of a push to. They did up a little uh, advertising video. It's called on Watch NRL, and they've sent over to the states. And there's been some feedback, and there was even a fan who's now a Cowboys supporter. Cowboys Twitter was the first actual club one to jump on and offered him some pretty decent deals um, on some gear. I heard, and uh, he's now a Cowboys fan. So it's getting shown out in the states at the moment. So I guess that's a, a small positive to take out of. But isn't it the only yeah, professional it game played in the world? It is now. Yeah. Now the AFL yeah. shut down. The oh, not a league. Nah, it's the only professional game getting played in the world right now. Well, the W League Grand Final was yesterday. Well, that means it's over. Right. Yeah. So, and the NBL shut theirs down. Uh, anyway, um, so moving on. Any other random news of the week? Oh, no, no, no. Just a reminder, uh, we are still doing a beer of the week, but it's going to be written up in our episode uh, right up each week. So we won't actually talk about it on here, but there's a fair bit of detail on there. So if you do love your craft beers, there's always going to be one on there each week that we are drinking. So let's jump on to game one of the round, which was Thursday. It always seems ages ago when it's on Thursday. And this yeah, was... Barely remember it, but it was um, Cowboys versus Bulldogs. Yep, down A and Z. Yeah, so from what I really go like, even though Lachlan Lewis scored the first try, and it was a pretty good try actually, really good try. Um, other than that, the Cowboys kind of dominated them again. Yep. The Bulldogs, Bulldogs got plenty of heart. Like, they're putting on the hits. They're coming up pretty hard in defense. You got to kind of respect them in that. I, I actually didn't think they'd do as well as they've already done this year. But, yeah, so they lost 24-16, which I would thought, I would think with the Cowboys team, they should have been a bit further away than just eight points. But, yeah, so good on Bulldogs, but... Queens, uh, North Queensland pretty well dominated this game. Reasonably easy, I thought. Yeah, the final score uh, sure shows eight points, but Cowboys were more than eight yeah. points ahead of yeah. the Bulldogs. Yeah. But um, did you see Jason Tamalolo's stats? Oh, I casually heard about it. Kind of <laughs> usual game. So I know everyone's blown up about it, but he scored a try, broke eight tackles, Made 19 tackles. That's horrible for a look. Yeah, that's not as much, but 26 runs for 345 metres. Oh, yeah. And no errors or penalties against him. I actually said last week that Bulldogs, there's no player in the Bulldogs to stand up to Tamalolo. Nope. And 345 metres. And Holy shit. Out of those 345 metres, 114 were post-contact. <laughs> so he literally carried Bulldogs defenders for 114 yeah. metres, which is a pretty decent well, they, game regardless. They have a very small forward pack um, compared to him, very small. So, Did but, you mention he yeah. also got a strip? He had a one-on-one strip as well. 
that the Cowboys didn't pay for him to have someone in the dressing room stripping for him after the game? Because, I mean, no. I he wouldn't be surprised. And he played I mean, 73 minutes, so he got a nice seven-minute rest as well. And a line break. He's a freak. He's he just is a freak. A freak. It's, um, All right, so... But outside of Tamalola, I thought Scott Drinkwater had a really decent game as well. He's really... Him and Morgan, they got yeah. speed, speed, man. And, and Drinkwater looks crisp. He's, um, I think Clifford's going to have a pretty long road getting back into this side now if Drinkwater keeps putting together those sort of performances. Which is good, because yeah. if Clifford... I, I'm, the the silly thing is because of the situation we're in, we can't really see how Clifford's going in reserve grade right now. Nope, there's no game. So from now on, every time there's an injury, whoever comes in is going to have no match fitness at all. Yeah. So it's going to be um, if someone gets a few injuries, you can pretty well say the season's done now because especially in key positions, um, because like how how do you, how do you, you can't accommodate for no match fitness anymore. You can't no. give someone in it's the round... It's a completely different 20, intensity. Yeah, 23. You can't give someone around 23, say, a halfback breaks his leg and you're pushing for the eight, whoever it is. Can't put someone who hasn't played for, what, 20 weeks in there. Yeah. So it's just going to be... Um, it's going to be really bad. They can't really mimic too much game time at training. Um, all right, so the next game... Oh, I was going to Pembroke. say, there was, there was a positive to take out of the Bulldogs. Well, oh, I said there was. Their attitude is on points, Oh, okay. I, had Bra- I thought Brandon Wakeham had a really decent game. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, he actually looks pretty pretty good. He's quick on his feet. He's, what I noticed, he runs with his head up and looking forwards rather than sideways for his teammates. He's always looking up he, to see what's available. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're all surprised when he... Cogger got dropped for him, but yeah. Dean Pate made the right call there. And then, yeah, Bench and Lachlan Lewis and bringing um, Jake Avrilio on, uh, they actually looked better in the 25 minutes that Avrilio played. Him and Wakeham, as a halves combo, yeah. looked way better. And it was only 25. I think Avrilio's first, um, one of his first touches was the grubber through... Um, with, uh, to set up a try for who was out in the back? Then Christian Crichton. Yeah. That one? Well, we we did say last week. Yeah, I think it was on the Wednesday or Sunday podcast that we actually believed that Bulldogs needed to change something up because their attack wasn't penetrating enough. Yeah. So, um, Dean Pay's obviously been listening to this podcast, and oh yeah, that's all, that's, the- that's all it is. Yeah, it's nothing to do with his. Uh, yeah, is it? I was you just know, like playing the NRL. Nothing to do with that. We're saying that Cowboys dominated this, and I just had a I looked then I was looking at Brandon Wakeham's stats, but then I found the the back five for the Bulldogs. So fullback, wingers, and centers. Uh, the hit ups: 21, 21, 10, 18, 10. That's Jesus. If you're fullback and winger are making twenty one hit ups each, it shows how much ball you're chasing. And these are the yeah. The hit-up meters for the backs, 184, 183, 180, 110, and 86. So that's how Jeez. busy the back five were. Well, yeah, because they the, the Fords had a lot of tackling to do. And oh, yeah. they had Tumbo run that in. So they're coming in to help, obviously, a fair amount. Well, you look um, at... um. Well, here you go. 
Um, Aiden Tolman, prop, 14 hit-ups. Well, that's not on. Dylan Napa, 11 hit-ups. Josh Jackson. How many tackles did they make? Josh Jackson, eight hit-ups. Oh, Jesus. And um, so Tolman topped the... Oh, sorry, Elliot topped the Fords at 139 metres. So, yeah, he, he done look, a for their tackles, 51, 55, 43, 44, 43. So Cowboys absolutely romped this game, but um, this early in the season, just finishing some, missing some finishing touches. So Cowboys so, on track. So what that proved again was that eight point, they should have won by a bit more than eight points. Oh, yeah. So that, that's something Paul Green will look at. All right, game two, we had uh, Dragons v Penrith down at Jubilee. Uh, Dra- Penrith ran away. Well, not ran away. Took the took the points in this one, thirty-two twenty-eight. And um, I watched this whole game, and it was it was really fun. It was a really fun game to watch. It was end to end. It was entertaining. Um, Dragons brought Dufty in at fullback. They looked better. Their back five looked better. Um, Lomax still making a couple of errors, but. I think it came down to Ben Hunt's fifth play options at the death. And it's kind of, unfortunately, he's kind of making a habit of this and in not making the right one. So they had a chance with still about a minute on the clock and he put a grubber in behind the line that was cleaned up really easily, which pretty much handed the game uh, to Penrith because they already had the lead. But it kind of like two teams that aren't, I don't know. Nathan Cleary looked awesome. That's his team. Yeah, now. so but Penrith let in twenty eight points to the Dragons and Dragons let in thirty two to Penrith. So I still have both of these guys outside my top eight. See, that's my point. And this is gonna be hard for me because I don't like doing this. But I'm gonna to have to admit I'm wrong. Ooh, um, whoa. So whoa. started year well, actually throughout his whole career, I've climbed in say this. Sorry? I said, no mutants huh. say that they're wrong. <laughs> um, so, I never really rated Cleary. But as you said, the difference came down to Ben Hunt's kicking game compared to Nathan Cleary's kicking game. And Cleary was well on top there. Um, he scored 16 points. His defence was really good, so he's getting down low. So, you know, he's still got a full season and he's got years to prove that he's going to be a great half, but right now he's probably up there with the form halves of comp, the way he played. This is physically painful to me right now. Um, the next thing I'm wrong about was, in the last podcast, Connor had a go at McGregor about dropping Lomax for Dufty at fullback. I said, give him a chance. But as you said, my heart... Oh, um, their back three looks so much better with Dufty and he's just got that explosiveness that Lomax oh, yeah. doesn't. Man, his, so, his breakaway was um, awesome. So it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to prove time because we've, we've said this whole podcast that you can't prove someone by their one game. But their attack looked better with Dufty back there other yeah. than Lomax. Lomax has got that height on the wing. You've got to ask what's going to happen with when Rava Lava comes back, how are they going to go? Are they going to completely ditch Dufty or are they going to stick with Lomax and um, Pereira on the wing? Well, so, what I could oh, see sorry. just... 
I've watched both. Are they going to drop games, Lomax? Which is different. No, I think they'd be looking more at Lafay and putting Lomax to the centres because Lafay is off not... contract at the end of the season. Um, yeah. So just um, yeah. So there you go. Whoever thinks I don't admit I'm wrong, it's on video now. So video. There it is. Oh, sorry. Audio. It's on a podcast. <laughs> Audio now. Um, so, I just yeah. want to do a shout oh. out, Tyrell. Tyrell Fui Mayono. Oh, I'm just going to keep bringing beef. him up because, uh, yeah, love. I reckon he's um he's pushed uh, Tariq Sims out of a starting job, <laughs> which I don't mind because I don't rate Sims. I was just like, so he played 75 out of the 80 minutes, uh, 14 or 13 hit ups for 177 meters, 49 <laughs> post cuts, seven tackle breaks because he runs so damn aggressively. Uh, 35 tackles and only one missed. Also with an offload, he was um, he looked dangerous all night, and he's got to yeah. he's got to be on the field more than he's off it. He's um, Lu- Luai visibly shat himself when Fuiya Mayano came at him all yeah. game. <laughs> I felt so sorry for him. So, <laughs> <It> was... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like Penrith are playing kind of how I guess we expect them to play. Like they're up tempo, they're fast. But they're also still full of errors. Um, they've definitely yeah, they, defense to work on. Um, like, but you can't, you can't, you can't go too much against them. They're two and zero, and they've beaten the Roosters um, in week one, which may have been a better time to get them. But they still pulled the win off, and they're sitting two and zero when you've got the defending premier sitting zero and two. So they've obviously started as well as they can if they keep building on this. Um, it'll help. They still have to work on their defense for one. Um, and it's going to be interesting if once a team works out or finds a way maybe to shut down Cleary, what they do from there. All right. Round, th- Next game. round three. Yeah, game three. Uh, Broncos and Rabbits up at Suncourt. Um, this is a game of patches. So for the first 20 minutes of both halves, Broncos forward pack, just no one can stop them. Um, it, they're, they're freakish the way they move. Even the smaller guys like Flegler and Carrigan, because they step and they just run all day. They, they just do really well. They're also missing Matt Lodge and Alex Glenn, which Alex Glenn is the captain. He might. Oh, and also Pangai. So Alex Glenn yeah. is the captain. There you go. <laughs> like he might struggle to make the team the way they're playing. Like really? Yeah, he'll be well, Pangai will be in the back row with the feeder. And uh who am I missing? So, so Hopawati So No, no, Glenn Hopper. will yeah, Glenn will come onto the bench. Yeah, and then and then no, Glenn will get dropped for Hopper. Carrigan will go back to the bench. And Carrigan's their lock. He's played really well. Pangai will go to lock. Pangai was playing on the edge and get first Dang. week. Was he? I'm pretty sure. You sure? I'll go back and have a look. I am right now. Oh, you're right. He was yeah. playing at 12. Carrigan was playing at lock. So. Because Carrigan's a freaking oh. captain. Oh, for now. But so, do you reckon their the actual captain will go off the bench? Yeah, well. You... I, reckon Glenn, I reckon when Glenn comes back, Pangai will go to lock. Glenn will go to second row and they'll drop. Carrigan um, to the bench. They'll drop Hopper. Kennedy and Bullimore. That's I mean, how I reckon it's going to go. 
I think Carrigan will go to the bench. Yeah, no, yeah, Carrigan will go to the bench. So Flegler, Haas, Fafita, Glenn, and no, Pango. Lodge, Haas, Glenn, Fafita, Pango. Oh, I'd way yeah, rather verse that forward back than the one they've got now. Yeah, well, it's how it's going to be. Oh, what about uh, this? Glenn comes back come- and they drop Boyd and put Glenn in the centres. That probably wouldn't be too bad. They're all stoked because he's the best defensive centre in the comp now. He's only missed one tackle. Boyd? Yeah. Oh, what is that? Um, the biggest... There's two big talking points coming out of this. Uh, Firstly, this isn't a talking point. Broncos won, only just. For second, so the biggest talking point with Croft got injured. I reckon that's the biggest story then what's going on with Mitchell. If Croft's, if Croft's done an AC joining his shoulder, their attack looks very shoddy when he's not on the field. So I yep. think he got injured in the... When did he get injured? In the, I think it was like first half. Yeah, so they said it's an AC... Joint injury, but there's no structural damage or anything like that. So it sounds like um, it, looks, it sounds like it's more of a stinger than anything structural. So yeah, he he his attack when when they're on the when he's on the field, their attack looks so much better oh. than, than it, when he's not. But then then leads me to my next thing. Everyone's flogged it to death. Latrell Mitchell, oh. He's just not fit enough. That's the bottom line. Like he's, everything else is there. He's just not fit enough. So there is talk. Bennett said he'd talk about him moving to the centres next week against the Roosters. Um, I don't... We, we've, we, we've even talked this to death. I don't know what to say anymore. Just That's the bottom line. He's not fit enough. Well, I think um, the other thing they said is, yeah, they moved him from fullback to centre, but that allowed him to get 80 minutes in this week rather than the shorter amount of minutes. So, and he had seen... a full preseason injury-free. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. But like you said also before, preseason doesn't replicate game scenario. Yeah, remember, when everyone, feel... remember when everyone was up in arms when they moved Lockyer from fullback to 5-8? Yeah. Like people, like we, do, we do position changes. It's going to take... Tom, he's got everything he needs to to be a fullback, but it's one of the hardest positions. And they're, well, our, our stars of the game are fullbacks for a reason. When, so, when we talked about this, when we talked about this when we named a team, we said we'd have to give him to at least round 17 to see how he truly is. That's what you so, said. So I'm not, yeah, well, I'm not criticizing him. I'm just saying that. He, oh, maybe I am. He's just got to get fitter. That's, that's, that's all it is. He had a full preseason. And the biggest thing I don't like that came out of the last week was Cooper Cronk came out and said, okay, you've got a day off or whatever it is, and you went home to go fishing or something, which is fair enough. Something like that. I don't know. Something like that. He came out and blasted Cronk for it, for what Cronk said. And I was kind of like, well, I wouldn't blast Cronk. Cronk, Cronk, Cronk. He he did he was the most professional player there is in the last fifteen years or so. Mm. He would rival Lockyer in his professionalism and how he adapted to game styles and how he got fit enough the game. So I don't like that. I don't like that shit fight over Twitter or whatever the hell it was. Yeah, it wasn't but, for fishing. He was taking his um, pregnant partner home. Okay, yeah, that's okay. That's fair enough. But he, they just don't need to 
talk. He doesn't need to re- the bite back. Like Kronk's just said his opinion. It's just silliness. Like let your game do the talking. Like when was yeah. the last time you saw Darren Lockyer? Um, I wouldn't say Andrew Johns because he had a bit of a mouth. Mm-hmm. Darren Lockyer, Cooper Cronk, Cameron Sue, Philly Slater come out in the media and bite back at someone. They just play. It's just yeah. oh, stop it. No, That's what annoys me about. I reckon the um, I still think the Rabbitohs backline will take care of itself. I think that's their forward pack that needs to uh, be shaken up a little bit. Um, I was talking with some mates this week, and I think we're all in agreement that it's just not looking right with Cameron Murray being on the edge. He's not involved as much, and they're missing that play the ball through the middle. Like, no offense to Burgess, but Sam was always the best Burgess in getting the pack moving forwards. Um, Yeah, Burgess was the better player out of all of them. Was that you? Was that my connection? No, that was you. That was all you. You said Adam Hoy left the meeting. So, um, oh, yeah, yeah. just so everyone's aware, we do this over a... We talk for each other through our computer screens. And oh, Adam just really? left. One of these new age things. Yes, yeah, so Adam... <laughs> oh, I talk through an iPad. Stop in a dick. So, Adam... <laughs> Adam decided to leave the meeting halfway through. He just wanted to talk by himself in his little room. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm going to have to edit that shit out. Um, But yes, you're you're right. Yeah, drop Sam. Murray's got to go back to lock. I'll finish off. (laughs) Yeah, put put Murray back to lock. Burgess to the bench. Liam Knight to prop with Satola. Ethan Lowe comes off the bench into the second row position. So Totola and Knight as prop, Jaden Sewer, Ethan Lowe as second row, Cameron Murray as your lock. And that'd be a bench yeah. of uh, Hammy Sally, Alex Johnson, Burgess, and we're rolling ingredients to drop Mark Nichols for. I can't even the longer. The longer. We'll go with that. Yeah, so that probably would be better. They're just missing so much. And we're talking to a South Sydney supporter the other night. And um, I didn't pick up on it, but Cook actually doesn't look as effective without Cameron Murray running, the, getting those quick play to balls. Yeah, seven hit ups for no 57 spot. runs. Yeah, so it's just not not what Murray is. So it's just affecting him a little bit. I have a theory about it, but I'll leave that later to the season because right. it's a bit, yeah. So next game. So anyway, again. Broncos 2-0 and against Cowboys and Rabbitohs. Not a bad start. Yeah, that's good for them. Okay, so next game, Canberra versus Warriors. Um, I don't oh. think anyone... Do you want to touch on, that's the first bet of the season that we lost, uh, that my brother wagered. With that win, uh, Jared and I both bet that Broncos were going to lose that one. So my brother gave us the over or under on Queensland teams winning five games over the first two rounds. We both bet that they were going to lose less than or win less than three. And with that win, that put the Queensland teams to three wins over the first five, two rounds. So that's 15 bucks from me and I believe 20 from Jared. So go on. Yeah. All right. So the next game, 
I don't think anyone in the NRL competition, including the Warriors, thought that Warriors are going to win this. But from what I can say, they but they, they did, did they did lose this, yeah, uh, and their only try came from a penalty try as well. And but Canberra are just cruising along. They pretty well dominated them today. That game there was no real worry from the guy. I actually thought it was going to be a blowout for a little bit, the way Canberra were playing. But they just never. They never put two quick tries together. Except for 43 and 46 minutes. Yeah, so, but they never really, like, dominated them for a period of, like, you know, when, for example, where... I know what you're saying. The Eels smacked Gold Coast, there was about four tries in about 10 minutes. So I thought Canberra would do better down that, but they were never really close to winning. Um... Losing, sorry, that game. There was no real standouts from the Warriors either. Uh, other than two of us are Sheck, but he's just a head and shoulders above everyone else anyway. So, I think some of the young guys are... And, and like, like I mentioned Adam Blair earlier coming out and saying that the young guys are, are still getting into it, still playing, I know, with a... With a bit of oomph, there's a little bit of... I guess they've got less worries, I guess, going on. And I think one of them is this Alisa Katoa. Like, his second game, his first starting role, 17 hit-ups, 157 metres. And um, yeah. four tackle breaks. And tackling work, 27 tackles. So he's getting himself involved. And if you look at the hit-up totals for the entire Warriors, you've got their two starting props with nine hit-ups and four hit-ups. Yet you've That's got, horrible. Yeah, you've got a second game, second row, taken 17. And um, yeah. the only one who came close to him was Toru Harris with 16. So guys like him, um, yeah, you see two of Arsashek, 216 metres, like doing his thing. Channel Harris-Tavita looked good again. He's learning on the run. Um, but yeah, man, you... Yeah. With everything going against them at the moment, you gotta you gotta feel for them. They're, and they're they're cracking in. And like you said, Raiders didn't run away with this. And I think part of it is because the Warriors didn't let them. They didn't look like they were ever gonna win, but they were hell bent on letting themselves get smacked around. So, I will say one thing that they got to do, and it's just getting ridiculous. They haven't yet. They've got to move Phil Satua back to the wing. Oh yeah. So one of the like one of the biggest things. Warriors were good at is that back three made so many meters off kicks. They were mm. so big, they all ran hard. Two of us Sheck had the late step, and now they're just kicking it to that other winger who's uh, Pompey, and he's oh, just not Pompey. Yeah, well, he's not a usual winger. He came in just for this because Hiku and Herbert yeah. are out. Yeah, so they got to they really got to put Fusatua back in the wing. I know they want to big him someone in the centers, but. He was I that think that was on Fusatua, wasn't it? It was his his call. He wanted to move in. What does that matter? You're a coach. Yeah, put your foot down. I'm guessing like he's put his uh, sense on it. It's not like he's like obviously yeah, a just... pretty good winger. I oh, know he could be coming into a contract year, but in saying that, wingers at the moment are getting more than centers anyway. So that's the only thing I can say. Um, I, I will give a props to Kieran Adam Kieran who is a half, and he's hiding in the centre. He defended 
Like, he missed a few tackles. Oh, two tackles. He only made he made 11 runs for 100 metres. But someone playing in the centres out of position, got to give him a bit more credit, a bit of credit for that. Like, he's usually a six, I think, or mm. a seven. Yeah, and he's exactly. done pretty well for playing in the centres. So, full credit to him. But with all the things going on with Warriors, the only thing I can really say is move Fusser to or back to the wing. Other than that, they've just got to keep their heads up. And... They kind of got it. It'd be a good game to see Warriors versus Bulldogs because they're both they just there to play kind of thing. Like they're out there to smack each other, and they've both got a great attitude to play. So it'd be great to see the Warriors and the Bulldogs play. But with the Warriors season, the only other team that I can remember who's got this kind of situation would actually be probably Melbourne back when they lost the points. Mm. So, Warriors are still playing four points, which, okay, yeah, but the season's so derailed already, they're kind of not going to get there anyway. Yeah. So, they've got to kind of draw inspiration for what Melbourne did because no matter what you think about that salary cup issue, the players weren't as part of that as people believe, I, I reckon, anyway. And they still put up a good fight every week for the rest of the year after they get their points through. So, Warriors got to kind of step up from that. Well, I hope but, it doesn't start next week because they take on Manly. And, but after that, they can go on a massive win streak. So next game, um, so Canberra, yeah, rolling along. I don't think they've done their best yet, but they're still uh, 2-0 to start the season. And Warriors are 0-2. Yeah. So the second game on the Saturday was an absolute uh, here we go. final. It looked like a... It just looked like two really professionally coached run teams and it was the old adage where you the team you win games based on your spine and this game was so even throughout like it was what was it at half time 4-2 no it was 6 all because there was no tries in the second half yeah no 6 all at half time one try each both bits of class um it was just a belter thong. It was defense, defense, defense. They forced errors out of each other. And um, the one manly try in the first half, uh, Cherry Evans spotted an overlap to the left. Trevojevic was still in the middle of the field. He saw it, followed around. Um, Cherry Evans shaped oh. outside and then popped it inside. It was just, that's it. It's your halfback and your fullback combination. And then, uh, the Roosters try, Manly's outside backs were putting pressure on the Roosters backs all game, rushing up and in. And then Keary got the ball early. What is it, 20 metre? Uh, yeah. Ball straight out. Tupo ran straight onto his chest. Around to Fuhrer had come in too early. And it was two just, you had to, both teams had to pull something like that to be able to score because the try line defence for both teams was outstanding. Tavojevic had a try saver on Keary. Uh, the Roosters shut down Manly. It was just blah, and it came down to a Cherry Evans field goal uh, with Seagulls winning 9-8. That was the difference right there. Um, everyone's putting so much pressure on Flanagan to lead him around no. like Cronkie. I believe it's more pressure you've got to be put on Kiri. He's the senior half. Yeah, he, he, he set the try up. He had the crack at the field goal. He hit the post, so... Compare the senior halves of that game. So you got Dylan Walker who ended up in the centres, didn't he? No. And then you, 
Yeah, Dylan Walker. Oh, that's because yeah, because Brad Parker got uh, HIA. Yeah, Dylan yeah, Walker well, played really well. He um yeah, he did. But my point is that out of the two halves, Cherry Evans is what you call a senior, senior half. half. Yeah. So he he controlled the game. He dominated with his team game. He, he iced the game, which is he's probably the big best icer in the competition right now. That Crocs are tired. Yeah. On the other side, you had Flanagan, who's who, who had a. They reckon he's one of the best junior halves coming through to. Oh um, yeah, he's a point scoring machine. I was. Yeah. So, and then you had Kiri, who's played what? He is about his fifth year in the NRL now, isn't it? I reckon Kiri is more to blame for how Roosters. And I'm not saying Roosters are playing bad, but he's got to step up and start icing games like Terry Evans and Crom did. Mm. And leading and taking the reins for um, Flanagan a little bit more, like Maloney did for Cleary. Maloney played what three years for Cleary in the squad, played with him in New South Wales, and then he left. And now Cleary's leading the comp, leading the Penrith around. Yeah. Kieran is up and be the senior half for the next three years at the Roosters and really lead that team around because. As far as I can tell, he, he's in the running to be New South Wales 5-8 this yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. Possibly. So, he need, he really needs to step up. Yeah, it more. was... But, in, um, I'm not going to defend Kiri much here because it's the Roosters, but uh, Manly did a really good job in shutting him down. Like, they were up on him early all game. So, I think they, along the same lines of what you're saying, he is going to be their leader in around the park and they took him out of the game completely and the one try they did get they didn't get up on him on time gave him that extra second and he pulled that pass out which was a pearler so but the diff- um, it's similar to what we said earlier with Penrith and Cleary 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 yeah. if they shut Cleary down in Penrith Penrith are going to struggle you shut Cleary down in Roosters um, Tedesco yeah, Flanagan's going to have to step up you're not going to get much creativity out of friends so it's got to be the other two oh I really love the fact that Trevojevic, Trevojevic probably beat Tedesco in his game. Yeah. Apart from but the first knock-on. Oh, the first yeah. bomb, sorry. First, whatever that was. But in saying that too, Tedesco is still the best fullback in the comp. He still is. But Trevojevic was better than him on the day. Yeah. Which I reckon was awesome because they're both from New South Wales and they're still young, both of them. I'm pretty sure Tedesco wouldn't even be 30 now, would he? He you know who else is New South Wales? Freaking Pappenhausen's New South Wales too. Yeah, that's it's ridiculous. And then you got whoever Katoni Staggs scored three tries. Yeah, let's get off this um, depressing topic right now. And um, so Tedesco's only twenty. Yeah. only twenty-seven. That is ridiculous. How old's Trevojevic? You reckon? 20. He'd only be like twenty-three. Yeah. Yeah, he's twenty-three. So you got two of the best. Oh, sorry, two of us are Shek's probably the second best. But I'm pretty sure four out of the top five are bloody New South Wales. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're talking about Kiri being the dominant half. Just looking at the kicking, Flanagan's been the dominant kicker over the first two weeks, 11 kicks to four. Um, but yeah, yeah he's going to work his way into it. I was just looking at Cherry Evans' kick meters, 600 meters. Oh, oh Jesus. But at least Dylan Walker kicked as a freaking belter, 50 metre tour. But yeah, um, Manly take the cake in that one, nine to eight, and it just came down to fullback and halves. Um, I want to say one thing that I've gone through before with you that you haven't agreed. 
But when Croker came on and Walker went in the centres, I thought Manly were better. Yeah. I reckon that's the way to go for them. I honestly do. They they look so much better when Croker was at six. And he, he made a few clutch plays as well. I think he stripped the ball and he put a really good kick in or something like that. So, yeah, yeah. I reckon he, he looks really good. Well, Desi will look at that because he's obviously got him on the bench for a reason because he could have been um, Kate Cust as well or Zach Docker-Clay we could have had there instead. But he obviously has faith in Croker for a number of reasons. Um, so if you look at Roosters now sitting 0-2, losing to Penrith and Manly. Manly 1-1 one one, have had arguably the, I know, equals toughest start to the year versus Roosters and then Storm. And they've Played pretty well in both, so I think they're going to be pretty well suited for the weeks ahead. And then um, another bloody, following that up with Sharks and Storm up, and we're talking about the (laughs) tri-scoring and points fest of Dragons and Penrith, and then you compare that to the two games, Roosters, Seagulls, Sharks, Storm, it was like a completely different set of players. Well, obviously it is, but a completely different run set of players. Like The Sharks-Storm match, there were errors in it, more errors than people expected. The Whoa. The end of that first half was whack. Like, oh, that was ridiculous. Knock ons off scrums, no pressure. Uh, bloody Justin Olam running with the ball, it just pops out of his hand. Sean Johnson turns his head, bobbles one with no pressure on him. Uh, Craig Bellamy didn't even get angry, he was just in shock of what was going on. Are you serious? He, I reckon he, he got angry oh, at half time. But... Oh, Jesus. But then Cameron Smith came out and said he was actually rather positive because of how good their goal line defense was, and it was, as always. Uh, it was a oh. bloody awesome game to watch. Like they were ripping into each other. But yeah, twelve yeah. ten oh. the Storm won with a penalty, a really dumb penalty given away by the Sharks with minutes yeah, to go. Yeah, I reckon I've got three things to say about this game. One. Cronulla's right side needs to get on the same oh page. Oh, my God. That was so it is, bad. It, yeah, it was terrible for him. I, like, Johnson and Ramian are just not working together, and they're so talented, both of them. Johnson's, so is, like, perfect balls out wide, and the yeah. centre and winger thought he was going to kick. And then yeah. the one time he did pass it, Ramian just let it go. And he's like, oh, yeah. that to me? Oh, yeah, no, I let it, it to was, the wing. Winger, oh, it was so bad. They had so um, many chances. Yeah. And next thing is, I know he didn't have, his stats don't really show it, but I reckon his impact on his game, on the game were, was probably higher than everyone else. Wade Graham. Oh, yeah. He's an absolute freak. He is that good. He and just, he got injured again. Yeah, he did. But he's just, he he's so... He's so reliable in defence. I think he only missed one tackle. But his attack is... You never know what he's going to do. And he probably nine out of ten times, he does the right thing, too. And that like shot he put on Max hit. King. Oh. Poor Max so, yeah, King he, comes on, knocks on, gets belted, knocks on. Yeah. Then gives like away last, an obstruction penalty. Oh, man. Like, last year in the origin, he just came on and put that kick in for Ado Car, I think it yeah. was. And it was superb. But yeah, I just think nine out of nine nine out of ten times he puts on just the right move at the right time, which I reckon is just great. And he's a he's a really good leader too, so I love him. It's uh, uh, my it third was point one of his is games 
Oh, sorry, yeah, you had another one. You go. My third point is Justin Olam is the scariest centre in a competition. I'm oh. petrified watching him. He's going to And we were talking before the pod about that uh, picture in Papua New Guinea. So that's pretty much like, what the hell's coronavirus? And you had that entire <laughs> pub of people just packed in because Justin Olam's Papua New Guinea and uh, yeah. international. And we know how much Papua New Guinea loves their footy. And there's just like 30, 40 people packed into this bar just to watch Olam play, like literally oh, shoulder to shoulder I, I in there. Oh, I love him. He just, he comes in, he hits so hard, but he's humble about it too. Yeah. And it's that, great. he just gets up and toddles off and smacks the next guy. It's fantastic. And he runs hard. The only, only negative I probably have of him, he doesn't pass as much as he should. No, he doesn't. I reckon. But other than that, oh, mate, he's good. And Storm get away with this one. One of the worst actual overall quality games that I've seen from the Storm. But the fact that when you're a team that good, when, even when you aren't playing well and you're beating a team like the Sharks, um, it's just what the Storm does. Same thing with Manly last week. It was a wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. Two decent kicks for tries. They get the win. And this time they just stayed in it. Their goal line defense kept them in it where I think at least half the other teams in the comp wouldn't have been able to defend that well for that long and the game would have been gone so 12 10 to the storm they started off against manly and the sharks they're 2 and 0 sharks have had one of the hardest starts as well with rabbits and then storm and they're 0 and 2 all right uh cameron smith again was fantastic and (laughs) it's just cameron smith he was was just outstanding um if that was any other hooker we'd be like oh my god but he just does it every week anyway oh and then um bloody Oh, who was it? I don't know if we found out who it was, but um, he was kicking a conversion and one of them yelled out, Smithy, your laces are undone. Yeah. I think that was so that, good. That's not, I love things we wouldn't hear otherwise. Hey? Yeah. Uh, now, first one of today, I'll let Jared crack on this one. He's um, already smiling. <laughs> we had West Tigers at Leichhardt uh, taking on the Knights. Okay, so... A high-scoring I match. Say, I want to say a thing about the Tigers supporters. Good on them. They try to break into Leichhardt, which is fantastic. I know we shouldn't be saying this with the virus and all, but like supposedly security go, had to go up, stand next to the trees of the game because people trying to get through. You got a scaffolder who set up scaffolding in his backyard to watch the game. You had a guy standing with his flag watching at the gate just so he can see it. Like, that's awesome. I reckon this is great. It was just made it so much a better atmosphere, so much more fun, and it just kind of shows you the fun of rugby league. Okay, so this game, Newcastle won 42-24. Two of Tigers' tries came from one was an intercept and another one was dropped ball by, I can't even remember who it was, Newcastle. Um, one thing I'd like to say is Kurt Mann, Kurt Mann should piss off and never come in a Newcastle jersey again. Whoa. They set him up so... Whoa. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm well and truly off him. I never said I even wanted him in the team to begin with. Every time that he got the ball, he ran. That's a 5-8. A... No, it's not. He's got to pass the ball. I'm off He's it. He's like the fastest dude on their team. Yeah, you know, Kalen Pong is right there. Yeah, um, Tigers, David, David Nofaluma is probably one of the best running wingers in the game that he got shredded by Edric Lee today. He's just got to jump. Jump some. That's all you got to do. I think three oh, tries. Man. 
not even come close to the ball. The first Edric Lee one where no, no Flumer comes no, in looking at the center. God. Yeah. Um, Leilua, we all don't like him. It's so much over the media what's going on right now. I'm off I like him. You like Joseph Leilua? When he doesn't open his mouth. Well, today he opened his mouth and he missed four tackles and let in three tries. Yeah, he does that. So, yeah. So, yeah, Newcastle won. Um, thing I like to say about them, anyone who's Newcastle fan, we're second right now. But the next five games, we're playing. Have you taken? Up. I was going to say, have you taken a photo? Look, screenshot oh. that ladder. <laughs> no, I can't. Parramatta on top. Oh. So, um, next five games: Cronulla, Cowboys, Manly, Canberra, and Penrith. You add Melbourne into that. That's probably the five hardest games you can have in a row. So yes, we beat who we beat like we beat the Warriors, we beat the Tigers, but. Don't get your hopes up until we go. If we get three out of five on that, I'll be stoked. Yeah, you just enjoy it because you're rolling well. You're actually, I hate to admit it, you are good to watch at the moment. So, a yeah. bunch of young we, guys we, we, having a crack and nicely cutting the body his hair up again. We're actually hey. quite boring. And, Pong, and the thing is, Pong is not doing as much. Like, Pong is not. He scored a try today, which is a really simple try. It was dumbass defense by the Tigers. But he's not. They're not giving him the ball. He's not exploding as much anymore. So That's I good. don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's, we're not relying on you 100% for our attack anymore, which is great. But I'm super curious about what's going on behind the scenes there because he just, I'm not saying anything's wrong. It's just different how we used to Callum Palmer. So. so are we in agreement? Entertaining game, two non top eight teams? Oh, no, Newcastle top eight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, nice let's try. move on to something we both hate saying. Parramatta on top of the table. Well done, Parramatta. You are. It looked like the Parramatta we expected um, yeah. compared to last week, and they had the Titans um, up at the Gold Coast. Titans ended up with one player left on their bench with Dale Copley, Tyrone Roberts. Uh, who else did they lose throughout the game? Kevin oh, Proctor. Was Tyron, Roberts, Tyron Roberts did play the last 10 minutes. Oh, he came back on, did he? Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. I missed the last 10. Obviously, I was cooking a dinner. Um, Kevin Proctor was ruled out with a hammy in the warm-up. I feel like I'm still missing one, but... Oh, oh they did... Yeah. It's hard to be a Titans fan right now. Uh we Jared pointed out that even with everything the Warriors are going through, Titans are still below them on the ladder with for and against. Because yeah, twenty to six well, and forty six six will do that. Yeah, they're, they're just. They're, I don't know if they're trying. I can't really tell you. If I can't really tell if they're trying. Like trying as hard as they should. Like you know, you got your Bulldogs and Warriors are the benchmark of not being very great teams, but. Really having a crack. I don't think Warriors are uh, Gold Coast are. Mm. Like Parramatta, they're, they're a great team, but Gold Coast, bloody hell, they made them look good. Like if, yeah. you, if you were watching, if you were watching that game, never watched rugby league before, you would have thought Dylan Brown was an absolute superstar. Moses like, was twenty-two yeah. points. Yeah. Holy shit. So, oh, was that him or Mitchell Moses? Mo- no, Moses got seven out of seven conversions, two out of two penalty goals and a try. But yeah, no, Dylan Brown got a double. Yeah, so he scored eight points. 
Yeah, I know. I said Moses scored twenty-two. Yeah, yeah. I just Cleary yeah, can only, Cleary can only like, score sixteen. So if you're America and you tuned into this, yeah, Parramatta are good, but they're not that good. Oh, <laughs> no, no. That. I think they, I think they can do that on a fair few teams. Titans were really bad though. They yeah, Jen- they made Jennings look like an absolute superstar too. He used just, to be. He's in- <laughs> they doubled the run meters of the Titans. 2,000 yeah. to 1,000. Uh, okay, okay. How's this? How's this? This is one you agree with. They made Kane Evans look like a superstar. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I think a big loss for them was when Proctor got um, moved out. Like, I think he what the hamstring injury you said. Yeah, um, they moved up. Oh, Brian Kelly, that was the other one. Went off with the HIA. So, at one point, you had Bryce Cartwright playing centre with Callum, Callum Watkins on the wing. Uh, so, they moved Jai Arrow to the edge. Geez, it loosened up their middle without Arrow there. Like, oh, it made... And then, when he did come in, he made 40, 37 tackles still. But he only made nine runs, which isn't like Jai Arrow. Yeah. Jai Arrow, yeah, tackles that much. But he just they missed his go forward in the middle. Well, Nathan so, Peets came on to play lock. That's why. So well, they Pete, put Peets and Peets and Rain were on there together yeah. for. Well, look, Peets played the uh, sixty-five minutes, and Rain yeah. played sixty-two so, minutes. So, I think that's going to be a lesson for um, Justin Holbrook. Keep Jai Arrow in the middle. Yeah, I think that's going to be a a rule from now on. Well, but yeah. Tyrone Roberts one fantasy point in forty-seven minutes. <laughs> I two, just like two hit up another thing. One is, meter. Another thing is you and I had a chat about Callum Watkins. He hasn't done anything in both oh, he games. He, uh, he's not very good. Well, he's not doing very right, well, very well right now. What do you reckon's going through Justin Holbrook's mind? Like coming from one of the most storied clubs in England, St Helens, taking them from as low as they've been in the last 10 years, back up to where they have you usually are, up near the top, and coming out with a Titans team that were lower than where St. Helens are and have never been as high as St. Helens have been in their relative comps, he's got to be scratching his head going, what is going on here? Um, I feel like you need to ask Nathan Brown what's going through his head. And I feel like you need to go, okay, maybe finish it, fix it, um, Thinking about 2022, yeah, not next year. No, like, yeah, yeah, they're 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 a couple of years away. Like just looking yeah. through their line, and you're losing Joe Arrow. Yeah. Oh boy. So, Sorry, Karen. Mate, that it just they, ouch. They reckon they they reckon. I actually read a thing. Their favourites are signed for feeder. But Andrew I Fafita. doubt it. Oh, David for feeder. You reckon anyone's going to buy Andrew for feeder? No, they're pretty good against the Storm. They reckon their favourites to sign Dave Fafita now, but I doubt it. I I think Fafita would rather take a pay cut right now and go Colts. Well, that wraps up our eight games. So, sorry, yeah, that was a 46-6 to win by Parramatta, and that puts them, and we can actually talk about on top of the ladder with uh, you've got Eels, Knights, Raiders, Storm, Broncos, and Penrith, all with two wins from two. And then you've got Cowboys and Rabbitohs rounding out the top eight uh, with 
one win and one loss. Joining them are the West Tigers and Sea Eagles. And then 11 through to 16 in this order, Sharks, Roosters, Dragons, Bulldogs, Warriors and Titans, each without a win in their first two games. Um, looking at judiciary, um, Issa Soliola for a high shots escaped any time off with a guilty plea. I think he took a $1,700 fine. Uh, yeah, he'll be fined 1700 if he submits an early plea, sorry, or 2250 if he unsuccessfully challenges it, but he will miss no time. Uh, Ponga did get cited for a shoulder charge today. And where Nathan Brown also got put on report for, he was coming across in defense in the only try the Titans scored and made contact with Dale Copley's ribs uh, with his knees after the try had been scored. He couldn't, I'm a big, I don't particularly like how Nathan Brown plays with the amount of shit he actually does, but he couldn't have done anything wrong with any anything different about that one at all. So, yeah, he was ever, he was always going to contact Copley. Um, I think like what Gutherson said to the the ref, like he can't he can't disappear. Um, I yeah. think what they might look like might look at it. The judiciary is he could have maybe tried to lift his body over the top, but it was pretty much in the in the in the action. But the players know not to put yourself in the position. Yeah. Uh, so he could have come in cool. shoulder first thing. So it, it, I don't think it could go either no. way because he's got he's got history already. Yeah, uh, with that's, regards, that's a, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, so I I don't blame him for what he did. Like he did come in top heavy first, and Dale Copley dove underneath him, and he <laughs> this one is well, Copley was already on the ground before Brown was in shot. He didn't dive under him. Nah, I just. I don't think anything's going to happen from it, to be honest. Yeah, like you said, the only thing that can he's got a previous history, so we'll do a um, we'll do a brief rundown of injuries from this week. Uh, in no particular order, again, Kevin Proctor hurt his hammy in the warm up, waiting on the more info. Dale Copley smacked in the ribs, did look in a lot of pain, um, didn't look good, but we'll see. Tyron Roberts' ankle, he's had ankle injuries a lot in the past. Reed Marnie. Parramatta didn't finish the game with an ankle. Thomas McCarley, knee in the Tigers game. Herman S.A.S.A., ankle. Um, Brody Croft, A.C., joint, doesn't look structural. Waiting to hear more on that. Luke Garner, legs and ribs. Uh, Mitch Barnett, shoulder. Wade Graham, again, has, doesn't sound as though it's serious. Uh, Roger Tuivasa, Sheck and Adam Blair are going to be given light duties after taking... A few heavy hits. Sean Kepi, or oh, his did not look good. He was out cold before he hit the ground. I don't see. You guys missed him too. He, he done well in that first yeah. round for you. Yeah, he, he was clean knocked out. He uh, went oh. went low on... Um, oh, God. I can't remember. Got his head in the wrong position, straight into the hip, and he was out cold before he hit the ground. Uh, and, and he's not a good-looking dude, too. So if he was knocked out from cast, he would look worse. No, he was still wobbly walking down the tunnel. So him and yeah. Brad Parker, him and Brad Parker were off in, with HIA. Uh, Silvia Harvili did a hammy. It doesn't actually look that good. So there's a chance he's going to miss next week. So they've got a short turnaround. 
They're not going to miss him. No. Uh, on good news for some teams, Cam McInnes and Dylan Edwards both have a chance of returning next week, much earlier than expected. And for the Sharks, Josh Dugan, Brighton Nakora, and Bronson Sherry are all given high chances of returning next week. Um, oh, that'll be Trent. a big plus. Oh, I'll see. And um, we forgot to mention Morris has played his last game for the Sharks, so he'll be matching up with the Roosters. And you'd say that he'd jump straight into the centre that his brother's in, and his brother will jump straight on the wing, and there's the Roosters' backline fixed. Oh, geez, that's going to look good too. Manu and Tapu, one side, Tupo, sorry, one side, Morris, Morris, the other side, Tedesco, yeah, it's looking pretty good. Yeah. All right. Um, um, and, and one more, Momoroski and Grant's transfer has gone Oh, through. yes. Good call. So, an awesome I love new this. Thing. Yeah, that's an awesome new thing by the NRL. So, it's going to be super interesting how it ends up, but it's gone through. Potentially, we'll see... Harry Grant line up for the Tigers, which in saying that too, I was watching. What do you say Tigers potentially? Play. He'll walk straight into the starting hooker role. Uh, well, that's my point. Billy Walters played pretty well. He's a well, halfback. Though. He still played pretty well. He played pretty well. Harry Grant will play better. He'll walk straight in, oh, and they'll be oh, he'll be their starting hooker for the rest of the season. That's the point of a trade. Are they going to drop Marion Sevy for Momorowski? Yeah, because they're not dropping Olam. No, he's also a goal uh, kicker, Momorowski. So. Oh, and well, just to be clear, this trade is only till the end of the season, and it was hinging on Momoroski signing an extension with the Tigers that the Tigers have agreed to. So it's only for this season because um, uh, Storm had injury concerns, and well, Tigers, um, had Tigers had injury concerns as well. So they worked out a trade deal. NRL signed off on it. So. Harry Grant yeah. will be starting hooker for the Tigers next week, most likely. Momorowski, they'll find a spot. Keep an eye on Harry Grant. He's really good. Yeah, I know. I got him my fantasy uh, team before when he was still really cheap. Yeah, no, he's really good. He, he They reckon he's just as good. Oh, not just as good. I can't say that. But they reckon he's pretty good compared to Smith. So, oh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we can make that comparison in 15 years. After 700 games. Yeah. So I think the only thing um, we haven't discussed is, and don't forget, guys, Hoy Watch is still on. So after oh, a barnstorming week one, obviously Tex Hoy cannot play. So here's a couple of facts about Mr. Tex Hoy. He's a bit of a photographer. So if he, <laughs> he does a bit of drone sort of pictures, um, some down at Merriweather there couple little ones here with Connor Watson. But yeah, he's yeah. Uh, really into his photography. There's um, no way El Ponga isn't posing for his pictures either. Ponga loves the camera. Oh yeah. It looks like Tex has got most of his photos of him taking photos of other things. So it's kind of like, <laughs> take a photo of me taking a photo. Um, there's some pretty decent shots. Uh, there's a great one of him inside a milk crate. So maybe he's a fan of milk. Who knows? But Obviously, the next step from here is us to contact him out of the blue and get him to come on the pod. Cause it seems as though he spent a lot of time with his camera. But there is actually a picture of him in a Knights jersey, just so we're not having a look at some random dude. So Tex Hoy, while he's not playing, he's keeping himself busy with a lot of photography. And uh, we will, like I said, I'm not joking, we will reach out and see if he um, wants to come on and have a chat. So that turned into a bigger, a bigger round than we expected it to. 
<laughs> if he comes on this chat, oh my god! I know you'll wet yourself. They don't <laughs> no, do no, autographs no. via video, Jared. Oh man, I'd love to. I know. So but, um, as it stands, we'll have our show again Thursday morning. Um, either we will have a show Thursday morning. Either it's an update of what's happened, or we'll be doing our week three previews. Yeah. All right, guys. See you. Talk to you next time. Oh yeah, talk to you on Thursday. Be sure to check out beer of the week. And um, oh, wait on. We got one more little bit of news. I think. Just. Jeez, we're good. Just checking. Yes. We've hit 250 plays, 251 oh. actually. So that's actually doing pretty well. We've only been going for a few weeks. We're up to a quarter of a, I was about to say quarter of a century, quarter of a thousand. Yeah, so 250 plays. Thanks, guys. Cheers for the support. Um, we'll keep trucking along. See you Thursday. See you, guys. Bye.